Welcome to the session. There was once an individual who said, there's peer pressure, but there's also peer priority. Gee, where have I heard that before? (laughs) Where faith and life connect. I think I just heard a whole bunch of people yell amen. (laughs) Yeah, hallelujah, I hope so. A time to explore issues facing the family today. Marriage is about what can I look at inside of me and take care of in me to offer to my spouse a better me. And where it's okay to laugh a little. It is so good to hear you say that, to hear someone else preach that message. It is. Well, again, for years, I've heard you preach it. (laughs) It's finally soaking in. (laughs) Yes, the celebration of success. (laughs) Welcome to the session on Rise FM. It is time for Faith and Life to Connect on Rise FM. I'm Scott, here with Tom from Heritage Christian Counseling Ministries, and this is called The Session. Yes. How are you? Hey, I'm all right. <laughs> we return to what is a tradition for Tom and I. At right. the beginning of every school year, we do a session on bullying. That's right. And this is a time of year your kids are all starting new school years new classes and if you're making the move up from you know elementary to junior high mm-hmm. you know even into high school or even the high schooler you know kids going to college now they're right. going to be dealing with new people new situations and bullying is one of those things that come up that may have not been an issue before that you want to watch for and we're going to give you seven tips as christians for dealing with bullying by Crystal McDowell. Tom, let's start, though, with the look at God's Word out of the Psalms. Hey, Scott, let's do that. Psalm 138, verse 7, Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretch out your hand against the anger of my foes. With your right hand, you save me. Let's start, as we look at bullying, Tom, we're going to go over tips for dealing with it. But as parents, what should we be looking for to realize that we may need to talk to our kids about bullying? Well, for one, their behavior might change. It's very possible they might say, I don't want to go to school. I don't feel good. Well, you want to be aware that that very likely could be something like that. If they usually walk home, but now they want to ride, you know what's really behind that? So it's those kinds of things we want to begin to be aware of. They might say, I don't want to go to gym class. Well, what's going on in gym class? Maybe it's recess. I don't want to go out on recess, but they make me. What's the problem with being out on the playground? Mm -hmm. So those kinds of signs we definitely want to be aware of. Big changes. Yeah. Things that are not characteristic for your child. Right. And we're talking boys or girls here. Absolutely. Now, if I remember right, we'll have to dig back into the memory banks for this one. For boys, it's more usually a physical bullying Right. Yeah, the one that likes to beat you up in the playground. Right. For the girls, it is more uh, the mind games. Did you hear what she said about blah, 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 blah? Yeah. That kind of stuff. Getting party A against party B, talking to party C. Yes. Which we would know spiritually as gossip. Yes. (laughs) That's right. And then stuff that can show up on social media. I was just about to ask you about that. That is the new thing that's been a thing for quite a while now with social media. Right. And it can be devastating. And at least one of them off the top of my head, I think, disappears after a couple of days. 
Uh, yeah, one, yeah, one of the one of the social medias that you and I have never been on. Right, it was right. <laughs> and have yeah. no plan to be on. Right. So those are things to watch for, and it's another reason why you don't want to let your kids take their phones to bed. Absolutely. That we, way, they don't get stuck under the covers looking at social media at two in the morning. For sure, and we have talked about turning them in and how important that is. They go in at ten o'clock. They can't handle turning it in at ten o'clock. Then they're saying, "I can't handle my phone." In which case, we talk about maybe taking it longer. Now that you know, you see some of these symptoms popping up. Now there are some tips for dealing with bullying. And the first thing, recognize the bullying behavior when you're aware of it. And that's true, Scott. If we think about what Matthew said in chapter 7, verse 20, by their fruit, you'll recognize them. So what's the bully's fruit? Well, he's he's mean. He's He's aggressive. He's maybe condescending. He's sometimes got a ring of followers behind him that pump him up primarily because they're too afraid of him anyway. It's better <laughs> to join him than be go against them. That becomes important that you recognize them. Then you run into the good old-fashioned, give me your lunch money or else. That's true. Uh, and, and bullying costs a person maybe their possessions, their property, their peace or dignity. In those kinds of things, if the victim is experiencing, it's going to show up at home, and you don't want to ignore it. Mm-hmm. You definitely want to be and, there. And this has kind of changed over time, too. I mean, bullying is bullying, but the method of it has changed. I can still remember, you know, when the swirly was still a thing. Oh, yeah. You know, that doesn't happen anymore, at least that I've heard. Now it is more, and I'm just going to beat the tar out of you. That's right. You, know, you and I never had to worry about weapons at school. For sure. I had a knife pulled on me once. But that was it. Butter knife, or <laughs> no? This was a, this was a knife, knife. Oh, um, but now you know our kids are worried about other kids bringing guns in with them, and so you know it has changed over time. You know they don't just wait in the hallway to beat you up on the way to recess. Now they're waiting for you in the parking lot at your car. Oh, for or, sure. You know the girls are doing mean things to your locker and mean things to you, and that, right. that kind of thing. Recognize it, see it. Uh, but, all right. right, so how do you speak the truth in love with, with bullying? Well, and, and so this is where it gets to be really interesting. And I'm a little um, not terribly okay with Crystal maybe here, but let's read through it first. In speaking the truth in love, no one is helped when a bully is allowed a free reign of destruction. That's true. It may mean reporting them to the police or someone capable of protecting the innocent. Now, if we're about talking about the truth in love, but we're telling a policeman, a principal, a teacher, yeah, okay, I'm not so sure you want to look the bully in the eye and speak the truth in love. Not sure how that's going to turn out. <laughs> Although it depends on where you are in terms of being able to defend yourself. So I'm sure there are cases like that where uh, if you have been spending the last year or two in martial arts of some form, have at it. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes that sometimes confronting yeah. the bully is a way to handle it. That's true. Depending on your situation. We would not advocate violence, but absolutely there are times you're put in a position where you have to defend yourself and you have to be ready to do that. All right. So number one, recognize the behavior. Number two, seek wisdom from the one who gives all wisdom. Our God on how to deal with it. How great is that? For the Lord gives wisdom out of Proverbs 2, 6. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. So responding in your flesh or carnal nature will be the easiest yet most unspiritual way of dealing with a bully. 
That's where you want to punch his lights out. Well, and I'm going to go back to it again. This is where I think I might differ from Crystal a little bit. If a bully continues to put you in a corner, you, there's no way out of it. Right. You're, I don't mean this the way it's going to sound. You're not going to be able to pray your way by him. You're going to have to not be afraid to slug the guy in the nose and run. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so you would be likely P-R-E-Y when you're... <laughs> And not, There's yeah, a different kind of prey. Yes, yeah. that is that is very true. <laughs> I mean, the guy that pulled the knife on me uh-huh. had me cornered in the locker room. Right. I was not going to be able to quote him Proverbs 2, 6. <laughs> that well, wasn't going to work. I had to put him in a headlock, turn him around and get him out of the way and get out of the locker room. Whoa. That was the only way I could get away from that. And he still cut me. Oh. But mm. I, and I didn't bother to t- say anything because I knew the basketball coach wouldn't do anything about it. Oh, my God. Anyway, yeah. mm, moving oh. away from Scott's other uh. high school joys. Oh, sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyway, responding in flesh yeah. is the easiest thing to do. It is not always the best. you, you got to admit, Scott, that was a cutting remark. <sighs> see what i every week i deal with this y'all okay moving on oh we shouldn't poke fun Uh, you got poked you got poked Uh, i'll just let you take the show i'm gonna sit back for a while you just read what's on this sheet oh dear moving on cutting satire (laughs) sometimes your past interactions with bullies will make you more defensive and reactive instead of you being thoughtfully proactive in the spirit seeking wisdom from god leaves no lingering regret and plenty of room for grace wisdom nurtures a willing heart and an open mind to draw a bully towards a spirit of repentance I'm I'm struggling with this one, Tom. Okay. A bully's not going to sit there and let you pray with him. That's right. So how do you get him to a spirit of repentance when he's trying to beat your lights up? Well, that's true. And I'm not so sure they're talking about when you're quartered in a, cornered in a locker room with a knife pointing at you. Yeah. Maybe long-term, your response, maybe if you uh, turn them in and they are caught, eventually you're going to reach a point where it might get better. Or they see your response over time and realize it's not, they want to know what's different about you. Yeah. I mean, I get the witnessing part of it over time, but the in-the-moment stuff right there where you're pinned. Okay. All right. We, we better move on before I start getting emails. Yeah. <laughs> Number three. Definitely. <laughs> free yourself from the temptation of sin. Exactly. And here, Scott, is where don't take on revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. Paul said it in Romans twelve nineteen, let's not take revenge in our own hands. Let's let God take care of it and to know that that's going to happen. And I think about some of the people who personally attacked me, the person through my career at Heritage mm-hmm. and being the, the leader of Heritage, it produced times where it really wasn't good. And I've had to remind myself that let's let God take the revenge there. And and so consequently, I had to deal with my own emotions associated with what they attempted to do. And and that was essentially a form of bullying. Yeah. In and of itself. Definitely. All right. How do you go about forgiving a bully? It isn't excusing their behavior for sure or allowing them to continue in their abusiveness. 
Rather, it's more about your heart than theirs. Your heart needs to remain free from bitterness, revenge, or the need for retribution. The Lord will take care of all revenge. You know, Scott, whether we're talking about bullying or not, I think these are really important uh, warnings that we do not want our hearts to become bitter. We do not want them to become revenge or to have uh, vengeful thoughts or the need for retribution. Whether it's bullying or not, we don't want those things. How is that going to keep us close to our God? And and how does that fly in the face of the fruit of the Spirit that should be in us? And what does it do to your witness? Big time. If ultimately you're trying to witness to somebody and instead you punch their lights out. Yeah, I like what, what she says here, Tom. Forgiving the bully is not excusing the behavior. Right. There are still consequences for actions. That's true. And that very likely could end up in a legal situation. If the police are involved, and depending on how severe it is, you could go in front of a judge. Yeah, yeah. depending on the situation, especially if a weapon's involved. Definitely. Yeah. So we're talking about the seven Christian tips for dealing with bullying today on the session. And number four, resist the urge to ignore or delay action. So we're talking about something here, Tom. This is not something we just kind of, well, it'll go away in a couple of weeks. Right. Yeah. Is, is that what we're talking about here? Now, Lord, our God, deliver us from this his hand so that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you are alone, Lord, our God. So hold the fort here. Resist the urge to ignore or delay action. Our, our God will deliver us from the hand of the, of the bully. It may not be in that given moment, but what we do want to do is, is to count on him. And to have that situation where where we're trusting our God and for wisdom, do we talk to the principal? Well, you know what? Yeah, we do. Or the teacher and the principal. And it seems to me, if I'm understanding it right, most schools today have some form of a security guard or a resource officer, I think they call them now. Yeah. Yeah. To tell them, you would think that would be part of their job. Yeah. So, yeah, the, and that may be one part of the bullying that is done where they say, you better not tell anybody that I took your lunch money or I'll come back and I'm going to do something worse than take your lunch money. That's right. You know, that's when you definitely need to say something. Yeah. And that coercion is is really uh, not good in any on any level. Now, minor rabbit trail here. Oh, good. At what point as parents do you really want to dig in? If you see something and your kid's just not responding. Right. You know something's wrong, but they're just not telling you about it. How far do you go with it? How hard do you push? Well, I think we err on the side of the sooner the better. Because knowing your child, your child may not have the inner fortitude to go up to the teacher and say it. So how long do you let that go on? And what are the consequences if you do? Mm-hmm. So I would say definitely we want to do something there. And that, that again, that's another reason why we build the relationship with our kids when they are younger so that they feel comfortable coming to us right? and saying that. Now, I know in the Russell household, there was always laughter at the dinner table. Right, that's for sure. But were there ever conversations about, you know, Mandy, how's it going? Or you don't seem to be quite right tonight? In front of their siblings, they weren't always that open to talk about it. But I think mom and I would see it. And then after dinner... We would say, anybody wants to help us with the dishes, stick around. Well, they'd all scatter, but we would grab the person. And, 
<laughs> the one we wanted Not to talk so to. Not so fast, Mandy. Yeah, yeah that's go. right. Yeah. This and is called a washcloth. Let's talk. So we have all kinds of time to talk to her because <laughs> the boys were long since gone. They wanted no part of the dishes. So the dinner table is not always the best place, but it's the best place maybe to spot it. That's right. And to begin to think, you know, something's up here and particularly how they interact with each other. And especially with them as close in age as your kids were, they would be aware in all likelihood if something was going on with one of their siblings. Did you ever have one step in for another, maybe with a, you know, they noticed something and kind of stepped in? Well, you know, the the boys were really um, watchful over Mandy when she was figuring out who was going to be her boyfriend and things like that. So Nate, our son-in-law, I think they had some reason to think that, you know what, he better be good to our sister. Or else. <laughs> right. But the funny thing is you would never know it to see the boys. Uh-huh. They would never let on that that was the case. But somehow they had this agreement. They were going to take care of their sister. It's kind of like if anybody's going to pick on our sister, it's us, not you. Yeah, I, I can do anything I want to or not so much you. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it's probably a form of bullying there, too. <laughs> I think that's sibling love. Oh, there you go. I think that's a sibling showing love to each other without actually saying, I love you. Right, probably Which, so. Which, you know, guys were not that good at that. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, all right. So let's go on here as we dig into our seven Christian tips for dealing with bullying. And number five, search out advice from other courageous believers. Plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. Proverbs fifteen twenty two. Some versions there say, a number of counselors. Aha! Imagine that 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 would be. That's that's the version you prefer. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> I would be willing to bet there are some schools out there that have support groups, parenting support groups, that ought to include. What what do we do about bullying and the support for against bullies? I know and, there are conversations held in some schools that actually will talk about bullying how to report it, the correct chain to report, which I assume would probably be a teacher, resource officer, school counselor, principal, if it goes up the chain. Okay, next rabbit trail. Okay. How can the church get involved here? Is this something a youth director or a pastor can be involved in too? Well, the, I'm glad you brought up the youth pastor who, who has connection with the children. They would be a resource, if nothing else, when the parents see the youth group leader and and they go to him and say, you know, how's my child doing in the youth group meetings? Are they isolating themselves? Are they uh, assertive? Are they communicating okay? You know, those kinds of things, they would also put in perspective that, well, if they're retreating there too, maybe something happened. Okay. Yeah. Always just sitting in the back with their head down. Right. Let's kind of flip that a little bit. You're the youth guy. Right. Or you're the children's director. You may may not even be a staff member. You're just the Sunday morning volunteer that does the kids' ministry. But you notice something, and Mm -hmm. you know enough to know something's not right with that kid. What would be the proper way to handle that? Well, I would definitely think you would want to go to their parents with concern. Uh, Your child is somewhat isolated, not really participating. Just thought you should know that. Is there anything going on? Maybe you've heard from school. So it just would would more validate the fact that something's really up here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that, that really could be good too. And uh, I think that the youth group leader, if that's the case, has a, an incredible opportunity 
if the youth group leader rallies a few of the other children to a point where, hey, let's go bless or involve so-and-so who's been somewhat isolated and maybe feeling down a bit, and, and maybe involve them in, in some activity or you know let them know what, what they mean, that individual means to you, so that they feel more accepted and approved of and connected. And that's when all those Austin's and Osins get going, where you feel better about things and you want more of that. Exactly. So number six, as we as we start to wrap things up here today, take action when prompted by the Holy Spirit. For sure, each one of us should test our own actions. Paul said it in Galatians six four, each one of us should test our own actions. It is so critically important. What's our motive? Why are we doing it? What what's this about? We want to know that our our actions are going to be godly. Are are we getting revenge, as we read about earlier or talked about earlier? So there's no one way to deal with a bully. Every situation can be unique because of the bully, the person being victimized, and the situation surrounding the events. So they're all different. You know, you may not handle the one who's cornering somebody in the classroom the same way you would if it was somebody on the Internet saying scary things on the internet mm-hmm. yeah and there are different ways because of where they are if they're not local it's hard to reach out and touch them like you could if they're at school yeah i want to make this a quick rabbit trail okay a quick dive in a quick dive out okay what if you suspect your kid's the bully mm. i don't know that we've mm-hmm. ever approached it from this perspective what if it's your kid that you find is the bully well, there, there's a, a great question. And you know what? We do need to uh, confront that. We do need to intervene in that. And if we suspect it, then we want to continue to explore it. Maybe that means talking to the teacher, maybe the teacher and the principal or the resource officer, whatever that would be, that we don't let that go undone. And, but here's here's part of the problem, too. Sometimes... Bullies are uh, like a signal uh, of what's really going on at home. Mm-hmm. So oftentimes we probably don't hear much about it or talk about it. It's because it's not a, a, as healthy a situation as it could be at home. So that that could be one reason. Right. So number seven, we made it through. <sighs> yes. Pray for the bully's salvation and deliverance. I mean, that, should, that could have easily been number one. but For sure. Pray yeah. for them. Yeah, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. Matthew said that, chapter 5, verses 44 and 45. Regardless of your actions, the bully isn't your real enemy. Your enemy is Satan, and he will use anyone to get your eyes off of God's love. Keeping a prayerful attitude about a particular bully will keep you sensitive and aware of their lost soul or their need to grow up in the faith. Yeah. I I like the idea here that she puts forward that the bully isn't the real enemy. Right. And if you can see the big picture, that here you are trying to grow in your faith and all of a sudden there's a bully in your world. Right. Yep. That that really is nothing more straight from the lie straight from the pit of hell to try and distract you from growing in your faith. And it could yes. be that challenge, well, okay, we've got to deal with this, so let's start on our knees. Amen. Yeah. Wow. All right. All right. Good so, word. Tom, as we wrap this up today, and we haven't even gotten to the idea of 
how do you handle it in session if you have a a child coming in and mom brings them in and and that kind of thing and that may be some detail for another time but sitting down sometimes with a counselor to help deal with the bullying and the effects of it right especially in today's world with the with the social media bullying that goes on big time and please be aware of that with your kids know their screen time know what they're looking at yes um, and i'm so not, important i'm not saying stand over their shoulder the whole time they're on instagram or whatever but don't let them be on tiktok i'm begging yeah. you don't let them be on tiktok right um and that's just me that is my opinion you can yell at me if you want to um but how can someone get get with you and start a conversation if you notice some things changing with your kid and maybe they suspect that they are victim of bullying scott i can be reached at heritage christian counseling ministries.com Thank you for joining us for this session. You can listen to previous episodes on the podcast network at risefmohio.com or wherever you get your podcasts. You can find out more about Tom Russell at heritagechristiancounselingministries.com.